Yo, welcome back to the NBA cast. It's been a while, but we are finally back. Man, really just getting a lot of things situated, getting myself set up for a few events coming on, but I'll wait and let y'all see what's going to happen later. But back with me again, the $18,000 kid who probably ain't got the $18,000 no more because it's been a while now. I always have the eighteen thousand. I don't. I don't go around spending it reckless. Shitting me, it's probably on Madden coins right now. Psych. <laughs> I don't play that. I play two K, bro. Oh boy, he's such a liar. Well, <laughs> either way, welcome back to the show, my man. What up? So you had already told me you got something you kind of wanted to discuss with me. So I'm gonna let you go ahead and start the show off. All right, all right. So, um, knowing me being a Lions fan, we we did a little signing just uh, over the weekend. Signing uh, Adrian Peterson, which I love the pit. I love the signing. I love it. Other people may not like it because <laughs> Peterson's washed and everything. But, uh, uh, but why I like it for. Why what? Why why are you so excited about it, man? AP like fifty years old. I'm not like I'm not excited. It's not like I'm not acting like like he's like a big blockbuster signing. I'm just happy he we got a we got a known running back that's gonna take the workload off. Carry on who's I mean, let's face it, he's been injury prone. Yeah. And then DeAndre Swift is a rookie. And he, already- he hasn't had any preseason or anything. And then after that, it's like Ty Johnson, I think, is our our third running back. So he can he can teach these young guys the ropes, and hopefully, you know, it's basically like a mentorship. And he'll he'll probably get about five hundred, seven hundred yards. I mean, DeAndre Swift's already hurt. Like he's not even gonna be available for the beginning of the season, but. I already like Swift and my dog Carry On, or as I like to call him in fantasy, Carry Me Johnson. He be getting hurt too much. <laughs> exactly. So I mean, I see where you're coming from because AP gonna already come in. The, I I I can see 700, 800 from AP if y'all decide to run the ball. You know, y'all like to have Stafford throw 50 million times a game. That's because we haven't had a running game. I guess we'll – I mean, I don't know a 50-year-old AP going to come in and change that for you. He did okay. And he almost had 1,000 yards in um, in Washington. And he was splitting carries with guys. God bless his soul. Uh, playing <laughs> from Washington. <laughs> oh, but um, I don't even need to get into it and talk about Jacksonville. So we'll go ahead and go ahead and uh, get started with today's segment. But before we do that, let me go ahead and introduce our ad. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. We're back. The NBA playoffs are still going on. We done had some big, big games already happening. Some pretty shocking, some pretty shocking shit's happening. Let's be honest. I don't think anyone saw uh, uh, anyone. The Heat fans are the only people in the whole entire world that thought they were going to be this dominant against the Bucks team. What do you think? Uh, I don't think Heat fans thought they'd be this dominant. Even though they probably thought they'd win the series. Because, I mean, again, in their three games, two games fully healthy, they, they beat the Bucks. The The one game they lost, it was Jimmy Butler wasn't playing. That so, was, I mean. the regular season? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they were two and one. But I'm pretty sure Heat fans thought they 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 would fare well against the Bucks and probably win. And I had them winning. What did I have them winning? I had them winning in like six, right? Yeah. Yeah, I had them winning in six. But after uh, what I've seen, I'm I'm calling the gentleman sweep, and I think they're gonna get it done tomorrow. Yeah, I think tomorrow might be a, a wrap. I mean, they still we're still waiting to see if Giannis is gonna play. Regardless of the case, it don't seem like it's been making that much of a difference anyways at this moment. No. Uh, and that actually goes to 
a topic that I was thinking because I know as soon as that happened and the Bucks came back and won, people are saying, are the Bucks better without Giannis? I say no. <laughs> I say hell no. <laughs> exactly. People uh, that think that Giannis, a Giannis-less Bucks is better, I don't know what to say. I really don't. A Giannis-less <laughs> Bucks don't win. 45 games. Uh, it depends on who. I mean, it depends. Look how like, dominant they just, he They have the same dominant. roster with. Yeah, yeah. Give them yeah, the same but, roster. Just like, just like uh, Toronto this year. All they did was lose Kawhi. Okay. So, yeah, you're probably right around. I would say 45 is probably their, their ceiling. And they're probably anywhere between, I don't know, probably thirty-seven to forty-five. I, I can I can agree with that because they still have a pretty decent roster. But look how dominant he has been in the last couple of years, and like the dude's been probably the most dominant player we've seen since Shaq when it comes to just paint presence. The guy is a monster. And so it's kind of hard to say that that team like that would be better. I think the only thing that you could possibly try to swing in that general direction is you could probably do a little bit more offensively uh, because at that point, I'm sure you'll have another – who who would start in his place? Marvin Williams. So you'd have another guy that's going to be more of a shooter. So depending on the offensive set, you could probably do a little bit more offensively. But at the end of the day, the Bucks are mostly built around their defense and transitional buckets. That's why yep. Chris Middleton was so important this year because you have Chris Middleton now, and let's say he elevated his game up to the all-star level. That gave them a player that when, they, when teams slow them down unless they don't turn the ball over, Chris Middleton is a player that can break down the defense by coming off screens, and he's a good guy to have in a half-court game. But yep. I don't – look – I know you like I know you like Eric Bledsoe. You've always liked Eric Bledsoe, but he yep. ain't the answer in Milwaukee, man. If they don't make it if they don't make it out this series, I'm I'm not I'm not even gonna say they gonna win it or lose it. I'ma say this. If they don't make it out the season, it ain't because of Chris Middleton's not good enough. It ain't because of Giannis. It's gonna be because Eric Bledsoe can't get you 15 points a game, and he's supposed to be a defensive player. And Goran Dragic is over here lighting 20 on his ass night in and night out. Yeah, I mean Dragic has been balling. I mean, plain and simple, in the playoffs he's been balling. Yeah, yeah. Especially this series. But you, you are known oh. for your defense. That should not happen. You're right. You're right. I but... bet it doesn't happen on Kyle Lowry. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, that series ain't over either. So, I mean, <laughs> we may see that matchup. I mean, I, I doubt it. I don't know, man. It seems like every time the Celtics beat the Raptors, man, they be beating them by 30 points, man. They beat them again by over 20 points tonight. Yeah, that game was ugly early. Right. They was down by 20 in the first quarter. But um, but let's go back to, to Giannis. Do you believe – so? Obviously, when Giannis is on the floor, they go through him. He he controls the ball. He brings it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, my brother, he was bring bringing up a good point. Do you think that they should use Giannis more as a low post player? That's tough because Jason Kidd showed the world what Giannis uh, Giannis could do when he has the ball in his hand. And that's what made that's what makes kids so valuable when it comes to Giannis. But do I think he'd be better off playing in the low post? Um, that's hard because it's okay. Let me ask you a question first. I wish go ahead and say yes. Let me go ahead and give him the nod. Let me say yes because with his strength and his length, it don't take much to do a back down or two, turn around and dunk, <laughs> or up fake yeah. up and under. I think at that point in time, he's not. He won't need to develop a true skill set because of his attributes are so through the roof. Yeah, that's true. But I don't know. I mean, when I was talking to him, 
I was saying um, – I said no. I mean, would they would the offense maybe be more effective with him in the low post? Probably. But, I mean, more than likely teams are just going to – they're going to double on the catch against Giannis. But that that is where everything changes because at that point – why don't you create your team and build your team like Orlando did? Dwight, we've already touched on it. And I told you, if they sat here, they already have Brooke Lopez. So it's not even that they have to, like, downsize or anything. Because Brooke yeah. Lopez is more than willing to be out there and away from the paint. You sure. know? Like I said, the key the key is you got to get Bledsoe out of there. If he can't, he can't shoot the ball. And when you have Giannis already starting off at the low block, you can start – running plays with him coming up at high ball screens. He can have the ball. He can grab the ball from the free throw line. You you can honestly run your offense a lot like the Heat do with Bam if he's there because Bam is in the low post, but Bam also uh, runs a lot of high, high post work, a lot of high screenage at the free throw line, at that wing. You can do the same thing with him, but when you have Giannis and his strength and attributes, it might even be better work for him in the post. You just yeah. got to have the players around him to be able to shoot because get Bledsoe out of there. <laughs> we'll see. I mean, if Bledsoe has a time to prove himself, it's going to be this game because it doesn't look like Giannis is probably going to play. And if he doesn't play, Bledsoe's going to have to be the second guy. He's going to have to be the second, either second or third behind. It's either going to be him or Brooke Lopez who's going to have to step up. Well, if you're going to look for scoring, then I would say Brooke Lopez should be your second guy because the way that both teams play defenses is they clamp up in the middle in the post and the paint, but they give up a lot of pretty good-looking three-point shots. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Maybe, honestly, maybe you could even think about starting George Hill. George Hill and have Bledsoe come off the bench? And have Bledsoe come off the bench and lead your second team. That wouldn't be a bad idea. Because you're also already not looking for too much scoring from your point guard. But Bledsoe, I think, is a better scorer than Hill. It's just Hill can shoot the three at a more efficient clip. But also yeah. for your B team to have Bledsoe coming off the B team, I think maybe that might work a little bit better for him. Yeah. It wouldn't be a bad thing to try at this point. Right. You only got a few more games left anyway. If you're lucky, a few more games. Yeah. Now. Let's go ahead and fast forward and let's say the Heat beat them. Let's, yeah. let's go ahead and give the Heat their, their credit. Actually, you know, we're not even going to do that. Let's just say, hypothetically, the Heat closed out the series tomorrow. A lot of people are saying Giannis is out of there. What you think? Uh, I don't know, man, because he's still under contract. I'm pretty sure he's still under contract until 2021, I believe the 2021 season. Okay, well, but is this year, is this, is this, so next this year. This is where he could sign the max contract. Is that a player option? Uh, I don't know if it's a player option or not. Because the way um, everybody's making it sound. Yeah, everyone's making it sound like that, but. I think what they're suggesting is it's um he has a chance to sign the max contract and only Milwaukee could give him that money. And if he doesn't choose it, choose to sign it, then to, I mean to most people that's going to look like he just doesn't want to be in Milwaukee. Okay. So, so, so that's when you're going to get all these offers for him. So he must be a a restricted free agent. Mm, that's I don't believe case. so. I don't think that's the case. We're going to have to look this up and check. Like I said, I'm pretty sure he's um, – because I looked it up the other day, too, because I saw all the all these trade, like, rumors about, about him and everything. But I believe he's still under contract till 2021. And if that's the case – like I said, he has the chance to sign the max contract, but if he doesn't, then it, it's basically showing that he doesn't want to be there. 
Because, I mean, who's going to turn down that much money? When it comes – it just depends on what kind of person it is because if it comes to you winning and making a little few extra dollars, come on, man. Yeah. Come on. I mean, I mean let's be real. He's already going to make enough money in his career between being – let's be honest. He probably has every endorsement that the, the country of Greece has to offer. <laughs> And he's pretty much, and he's already. I mean, people are going already giving him MVP for this year. I don't agree with, but if the rumors are true that he's going to win it again, he's a two-time MVP at that point. At that, what well, you have nothing else to prove in the city of Milwaukee. You have nothing else to prove money-wise because you're going to get that whether you want to be rich or not. Mm-hmm. Now it's time for you to solidify your legacy. Yeah. And I'm going to go ahead and throw my dog in here because anytime you're talking about legacy and money, KD's name comes up. But he could pull a KD. He can go to the Heat or whatnot, win him a championship or or two, slide out of there, and start his own team back up. Or just join uh, – you know, Stephen A. Smith was talking about him joining Portland today. Boy, I heard that, that too. That would be beautiful. Uh, I don't know. Who's going to be the one then? Who's going to be the guy that is – it's going to be Lillard's team still, right? Duh. And then Giannis at the two – or Giannis the second wheel or McCollum? Got to be Giannis, right? Giannis, obviously it would be Giannis, but Giannis will be playing your four. And what you do is you, you run your – depending on your oh, opponent, no. depending on the game, depends on if your second scoring option will be Giannis or if it will be C.J. McCollum. Well, the thing is, I believe if he goes to Portland, it's going to have to be through trade. And that means they're probably going to get rid of McCollum. Like, I saw somebody. I saw What? (laughs) If I'm Portland, that's what I'm saying. Bob McCollum has been nice. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. I mean, I saw a trade that um, someone uh, proposed. It was like McCollum, Nurkic. And I forget who the third person was, like Ronnie Hood or some, for uh, Giannis. Okay. Would you do that if you're Portland? If I'm Portland, I try to alter some things, all right? So, obviously, CJ is a lock. You lose CJ. That, like, negotiations don't even start without CJ being in the situation. But what I will also say is switch Nurkic for Whiteside and you might have something. If you're Portland, if you're Portland, the Bucks might say, screw that. But if I'm Portland and I can keep Nurk, I feel like Nurk will be better off because Nurk is a better shooter. So you can, cause you can have Nurk sit out there. Nurk can sit out there and hit, you know, a spot up three point shot. So you want to keep Nurk. If you can find a way to keep Nurk, grab uh, Giannis and keep Damian Lillard, you own to something, man. I mean, if you're Portland, that sounds good. But if you're Milwaukee, you are not doing that without getting McCollum and Nurkic. No way. Okay, so you wouldn't – okay. If you're – No way. If I'm giving you the best player arguably in the league, no way I'm going to go for your second and, like, your fifth best <laughs> player. I mean, no way, man. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Obviously, if I'm Portland, I'm going to entice them with uh, my younger guys. So, obviously, you, you're you like, okay, you can have a Zach Collins. You can have your Anthony Simmons. Your young guys that are, you're, you're, that can potentially be something. You have to give those guys up. I'm not about to Gary sit here. Trent? And do, huh? Gary Trent? If they want to, we'll discuss. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at yeah. that point, I'm not giving you all my young guns now. Well, I know that, but I'm pretty sure it's gonna take. It's gonna be crazy if he gets traded. I want to see what it's for, because it's gonna be something big. And it's gonna know, be crazy we probably have never seen before. Look, I'm eager to do it. I'm eager, hey, look. Before anybody do that trade, they need to call me and you right here at the NBA cast, and we can all sit down and have this conversation. <laughs> but, That'd be awesome. 
One, I'm going to take Portland side, and I want you on the Bucks side because I know you like them bums over there. You like a lot of the players over there. So I'm a, we can go ahead and discuss this, and I'll run some, some ideas through you and uh, see if we can get something done. Yep. Sounds good to me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, before we move on, there is obviously – the Celtics, Toronto. Yes. Now, you're Toronto. No one expected you to be here. Correct. But obviously, you're not there because this is a Boston team without Gordon Hayward, which I told you, which I told the world, this Boston team is probably the best team coming out the East when they're healthy and clicking. Yeah, they they look like it. I mean – but but even if we put that aside, if you're the Toronto Raptors, let's say you get put out in two days, what can you do in the offseason to improve? Is there somebody you need to move? Ooh. Because, one, let's be honest, Nick Powell has been obsolete in this whole You keep year. saying Nick. It's Norman. Norman, Nick, <laughs> Celtics and foe. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so uh, – Job number one, uh, you got to choose. Do you want Fred Van Vliet or not? Because he's going, he's in for a big signing day. The way their offense is set up, I would say yes. Okay, so you keep him, and then you still have, uh, you still have what's his name, Abaka. You still have Pascal and Kyle Lowry. Have, Kyle, yep, you got Kyle Lowry. Oh. Uh, I want to say Gasol's gone because, I mean, he's Gasol? just getting – you kind of yeah. got to just move on. Uh, I don't know what OG's um, contract situation looks like. I mean, OG has shown that he needs yes, to be part you, of that. You've got to keep him. Yeah. He's shown you got to be – You got to be. He, he has to stay in Toronto. And then let's see who's – um. Who else is out there? I mean, everybody else can go. I mean, you could improve the bench, but I mean, their bench is pretty good. So you their bring benches. In, so one you're of the saying, better benches in the league. Okay, so that's why I'm asking you. What needs to change then if you're going to make a push? Because you're not. Look, if Toronto beats the Celtics, they're not beating the Heat. I don't have them beating the Heat. Not the I think. Oh, I don't either. I think the Heat match up way too well for them. Oh yeah, just just like uh, the Heat match up really well against the Bucks. Right. And we're seeing that when you take away Giannis, I mean, they look pretty lost for most of the series until just last yesterday, last game. (laughs) But um. I don't know. I think uh, Siakam just needs to take that step forward. He looked like he was going to. Like, earlier in the year, he was looking pretty good. And then, I don't know, he just kind of like, I don't know about fell off, but he looked like he was going to get better and better, but then he just kind of just stayed still. Like, he he still has uh, – more of a ceiling, I guess you would say. Look, I don't. I told. I've been telling y'all the since Siakam has been a, a since he was even becoming a name. I do not. I am not a fan of his game. I don't think his offensive game is ever going to translate. At least not enough for them to for him to be your number two scorer. Because I get in all reality, Van Fleet's their number one scorer. But for Siakam to be the number two, I just don't see it. It's one thing to, like, not have moves, but it's another thing to be an offensive player that don't have no real strong attributes. He's not strong in anything. He's just good at a lot of it. Yeah. It's not like – see, Kawhi Kawhi is your basic offensive player. He's not going to cross you up. He's he's rarely gonna dunk on you. Like he's not the most flashy guy. The one thing Kawhi is very efficient, and that is something 
Siakam isn't quite yet. He's not the best shooter. He's not your best driver. He's not someone that's going to post you up. So his offensive game is already kind of iffy anyways. And for him to be a second scorer, I just don't know. I don't know. I think, look, Toronto fans, if you're out there, don't strangle me. But I think if y'all want to take the next step, I think Siakam either has to go, you have to trade him for a valuable piece or pieces, or you ride the wave and hope he develops the offensive game. Yeah, that ain't happening. They're they're not getting rid of Siakam. Not not this early. Not not at all. Cause he's still he's still a really good player. You're not going to get rid of a really good player just because you you didn't – like you said, I mean, everybody counted out Toronto once Kawhi left. For them to get this far, I think is – I mean, Toronto fans aren't going to say it, but it's almost like an overachievement. Which I agree because I'm on record to say, man, I thought Toronto was going to be – Bad this year. I'm on record saying that, and they already done held up their end. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what needs to happen for Toronto. I mean, I think Siakam just needs to take the take that next step. Um, but yeah. By the way, uh, I looked it up. Giannis is uh, he's an unrestricted free agent in after the 2021 season. Okay, but what is next year? Is He's this a- getting paid twenty-seven and a half million. Jeez. His whole contract hey. came in the back end. I when guess. Did, I when know. did he sign a contract that was big enough to get him twenty-seven million in one year? Uh, that's a good question. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. That's crazy. Well, I don't know what's going to happen with that situation, but I I can't wait to find out. Um, Now, you know, another – now if we switch over to the west side, you know, we have big questions over there too because the Nuggets are giving the Clippers everything they can handle. Uh, We'll see after today. I mean, I I know it's like halftime right now, and I think the Nuggets are winning, but – We'll see. We'll see the how this series goes. Cause remember, I mean, obviously Porzingis got hurt, but I mean there was a game where Dallas Dallas beat uh they beat the Clippers, and then the very next game the Clippers blew out Dallas. Like after it was after the Luca um the Luca game winner. I, for whatever the reason is. The Clippers defensively is not in sync, and that that is it's hard to it's hard to ask like what's the situation with that when you have three all world defenders in your starting lineup. On the other side, playoff P got to pick it up, dog. We got pandemic P got to step up because you got Kawhi out here doing the Lord's work night in and night out and. Playoff P ain't giving okay. you no help. And you got Jokic and Jamal Murray killing it. Uh, game two, nobody showed up. Just an FYI. Kawhi was terrible. I think he was like – He had less than 20 points. Yeah, he shot terrible. I think he sh- – uh, sh- shoot, I forget. Uh... Man, but that's not happening again is what I'm saying. Though. Yeah, I know. Well, uh, Paul George right now has 17 on 7-11 shooting. Well, so, that's, I mean, what they, that's, what they, right now. that's what they're going to need out of him. But how is Jamal Murray looking right now? Uh, Four of nine, ten points, four assists. Okay, good. So it sounds like Beverly is doing his thing. I mean, I guess. I mean, those are still solid numbers for uh for halftime. I mean, Man, Jamal, Jamal, Jamal Murray has been going crazy. I mean – yeah, he goes crazy in the second half. That's what he was doing in the Utah series. Which is why Bev has to be the the guy to step up. Yeah, he does. 
Bev, look, Bev is actually Loki. Beverly is their X Factor. Damn near every playoff, every playoff series, because he's supposed to be your guy that can lock up any guard that the other person has. That's his only job. That's literally his only job. That's like Boston with Marcus Smart. Their only job, if they knock down a couple threes, you're you're happy with them. But their job is to make sure the other person's best guard is being having a mediocre to below average game. If he's not doing his job, that just hurts the rest of your team. Because now you're telling, in, in the Clippers' case, you're telling Kawhi and Paul George that they have to step up defensively. Not only to guard, help guard the bigger defenders, but also guard the guards on the team. And you can't have that. You can't have that because, especially when you have Kawhi and Paul George having to give up so much energy on offense. Because let's be honest, the Clippers are not a well-rounded offensive team. You have, you have two guys on their starting lineup that's going to get you points, and two guys on the bench that's going to get you points. Yeah, and I mean Marcus Morris. He's a decent third option. In the Morris is a good third option, but in the role that Doc Rivers has him in, he's only a knockdown shooter. It's not like when he was in the Knicks earlier in the year and he had to do everything. He was the ball handler. He was the scorer. He was the judge. He was the executionist. As <laughs> he came to, to New York, he can't. He's that's not the one. That's not how the offense will, is ran here. And two, he damn sure ain't gonna be the person that they run the offense through at any time. No. So when he came to a team like this, his job totally changes why he struggled. He only became a spot up shooter. Yeah, which I mean, he's done a good he's done a fairly good job. He's a three and D guy now, basically. Right. And he's gotten a lot better because like I said, he was struggling for a while. Yeah, he was. Oh man. So we we got one more series left to talk about. And that's the Lakers and Rockets. So, I'm, I'm, let me let me interrupt you. All right, you go first. Russell Westbrook is I'm sorry. Russell Westbrook is washed. I've been trying to tell people this. He washed. He's overrated. He pads his stats, which is why those triple doubles look so good. He whack. You hear me? Whack. You heard it here on the NBA Cast first. Russell Westbrook is overrated, and Houston's going to part ways with him as soon as they lose this series. He got to go. I'm done. All right. Well, Westbrook is not trash. He ain't looking good this series. But Westbrook, he, I mean, in Houston, the way Houston wants to play, I don't know if he's a good fit. And not to mention, because, I mean, Westbrook, is best with the ball in his hands. Uh-huh. Just like the guy that he joined, Harden. Right. right. So, if and Harden is best at – I mean, he's a really good passer, to be honest. I mean, but their offense is just – it isn't built for Westbrook's game. Westbrook needs the ball in his hands to be effective. And he – Westbrook basically – he's passive to – to Harden in my mind. Like, it, I know last game it looked like, especially in the first half, it looked like he was trying too hard. And, I mean, he said at the end of the game, he said he's just basically just out there running around. He, he needs to figure it out is what he said. He needs to figure it out because right now he's just running around, which is true. If you watch the games, I mean, Westbrook just isn't what we're normally – seeing of him. He, because uh, he's not built for that offense, man. That offense wants to jack up 50, 63s a game. And that's not his game, and he knows it. But, I mean, right now the Lakers, the Lakers are giving Westbrook what the Rockets give Rondo. Right. They are letting him shoot. You can shoot all day, every day, but they know. I mean, everybody knows they're going to shoot at a low rate. Uh, look, I think okay. The one I will say, I different. I have a different opinion on if he fits the style. 
One, I think he does fit D'Antoni's style. The problem is Harden fits it better. He has Harden next to him. If if Harden wasn't on the team, I think Russ would be thriving. It's a fast-paced offense that gets up and down down the court, and he can either drive it or kick it out to the one of 83-point million shooters they, they have on the team. I think it could work. The only problem is, like I said, Harden is definitely more efficient with the ball. And like you said, Harden's a great passer. They did not need – what Houston's messing up because they are trying to find their second-best player in a point guard. It didn't work with CP. I mean, it technically it worked with CP3 because they would have beat going to state CP3. And that's all no honest. They wasn't going to beat going to state that year. Yeah. But CP3 is a super smart player who can play fast pace and play in the half court system, who can break down defenses regardless. And he's not going to make as nearly as many mistakes. So, with that being said, and if it's not somebody like Chris Paul, you can't have that your second best player be a point guard. For them, I, honestly, when Mike D'Antoni was at his finest, his team was Steve Nash, yep. Joe Johnson, Sean Marion, Quentin Richardson, Quentin Richardson, and Amari Stoudemire. Yep. All of those guys get down the court, hit shots, and they had the Joe Johnson as his bona fide score. Yeah. The good part about this Houston Rockets, Rockets, Houston Rockets team is James Harden is your Steve Nash and your Joe Johnson. You have all that in one player. Yeah. That's the guy who should have – James Harden shot 12 shots last night. There yeah, that's, is no that's unacceptable, especially Yeah, no possible Especially after hell. game one. No possible way in hell. Yeah, I mean – yeah, James Harden, it, the offense has to go through Harden. And uh, unfortunately to me, I don't think you can have it go through both Westbrook and Harden. You got to pick one or the other. And like I said, that offense is perfectly fit for Harden. I don't think it's per- like you said, but also like you said, if Harden wasn't there, Westbrook would thrive in that offense. Because it would be a lot like when he was in um, – in OKC, because right. he would be able to just drive and dish. And the Rockets actually got shooters, unlike when he was at OKC. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you take out Harden, you leave Westbrook, I think they thrive, and vice versa. Exactly. I think they thrive. But in order – the one thing I will say is they both need two different kind of uh, Robins on their team. If yeah. they were going to stay, like obviously, if Russell Westbrook, if, if they made Russell Westbrook the face of Houston with Dan, uh, Mike D'Antoni, I think they'd have to go out and find a, uh, another off-ball scorer who can score just totally off-ball, who just can get mm-hmm. the ball and make something happen. Gotcha. Uh, if you go, if you keep Harden. You just want to. You just honestly, you just probably need another shooter. His role, whether it's somebody like JJ Redick or whatever. Honestly, no. I'd call and probably try to bring Clint Capella back. No, don't do that. No. (laughs) You like PJ Tucker with Harden? I. It's not necessarily that. What you need in that offense is a three and D guy. They have that. Get they another Roco. They have that in Roco. Exactly. Get another one. Just get with Harden. That's all you really need. Tucker has proved he can play the five good enough. I'm not gonna say he's gonna lock down any like bigs or anything like that. And honestly, they play. They rely on team defense. They don't rely on, you know, just one on one defense. But you get you just get Harden with a whole bunch of three and D guys. That's all you really need. Get guys that can defend and that can hit the threes. That's it. And obviously they got they got to be able to run. They got to be able to run in transition because that's yeah, what they love yeah. doing too. But, I, don't, I don't know that one. I don't think D'Antoni's uh, style of play will ever work. I mean, now 
is the best chance for it to work because the NBA has gone to this fast-paced style of play. Yeah. So, so it, but if it doesn't work now, it's never going to work. Uh, I think it can, but I think you need – you don't need a dominant big or anything like that, though. You okay, so need, you don't you don't need a dominant big, and you don't need a dominant point guard. So what do you need? Like I said, there's a lot of three and D guys, but you may want to get somebody that's a little bigger than PJ Tucker, because Tucker's only six what five, I believe. Yeah, I mean he's he's got weight on him, so and he's strong, but I don't think a six five guy is going to be able to win pull. Like, I mean, I'm not going to say Anthony Davis because that's just he's an elite guy but right i mean like um like steven adams uh they did all right he struggled exactly i mean i thought he would dominate that series maybe not dominate but i thought he would just destroy the boards but he didn't even prove to do that well that's because they don't play him enough so when you're playing the rockets you got to choose are you either you're either going to Put the big in there and create a mismatch on the offensive end, but then give it up on the defensive? Or you just got to match up? The thing with small ball, it's like you said. In today's NBA, it's hard to build your team around a big man. It's hard to play through a big man. Yep. So small ball right now is working. It, and like I said, with the with the NBA going to this fast-paced game, small ball is obviously the way to go. The NBA was already turning into that, which is why Golden State capitalized at the perfect time. Yeah. Um, but history is always going to repeat itself, and the way these kids are coming out of high school these days, I it's going to end up going back because nowadays you're going to have more bowl bowls. You know, these tall guys will handle maybe not seven three bowl bowl, but you know, you're going to have the 6'10", the 6'9", guys that can sit here and handle the ball and be a big man. And I think that's when the game is going to rechange and evolve itself again. But it's going to take a couple years. So, like I said, I give Houston a three-year window. Three years? I'm going to give them a three-year window because these all these kids are big these days. And um, and the way the the NBA is, they're valuing guys that can ball handle and and be a playmaker at the big man position. Yeah, they. Uh, I mean, when you get a big man that can handle the rock, I mean, that's always that's never a <clears throat> a bad thing. Plain and simple. I mean, uh, let's see. I mean. Like Bam, Bam Adebayo, he's he's a honestly he's become a, one of my top favorite players in the league to be honest. But I just love that skill set. If he can, I feel like he can uh, make the the mid range consistent. He just doesn't do it enough. I agree. I because there's so many times I'm watching that series where Brooke Lopez is off of him by like three five feet. And I'm like, dude, just shoot it. But, I mean, if he develops a consistent jumper, I mean, he's going to be up there with, like, an AD, an AD caliber player. <laughs> you can't just be throwing up that kind of caliber well, I'm, like I'm not – okay, I didn't say he's going to be an AD. I said up there with him, like a tier right below. But he's going to be that type of caliber player. For your sake, I hope you're right over here throwing my dog AD around like he's a <laughs> regular guy. But yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. So I, I don't know. The Rockets. On top? The Rockets. We got to figure it out. D'Antoni. Oh, yeah. Honestly, last year they tried to get rid of D'Antoni after the playoffs. If they don't make it, if they. It's hard to say if they don't make it after this round. They got the fucking Lakers this round. Yeah, but, the Lakers. The Lakers are gonna. I feel like they're gonna win the the whole thing. It's gonna be tough to stop. A t- I mean, even when we we saw them lose game one against uh, 
the what's it called? The Blazers. Then they just steamrolled them the next four. Then we saw them just lose to uh, Houston. The Houston, they got blown out, and then it looked like they're about to blow out the Rockets. Mm-hmm. And then the Rockets actually came back and took the lead. I mean, I don't know. These playoffs are going to be – they're going to be fun no matter what matchups we get. So do you think if the Houston loses, they part ways with D'Antoni? Yes. Or would that be would that be in their best interest? Probably not. I mean, I think they're going to let – honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if they let Harden choose. If they let Harden decide to, if he wants to keep D'Antoni or not, I mean, they probably won't give a superstar that much, like, leeway, but... Like me, I all, can, these, all these superstars have a... Have I can a, definitely see it. But, I mean, if, if they bring somebody else in, they got to find someone that's going to either want to play small ball or revamp the roster. And if I'm the... I'm calling Orlando, Russell Westbrook for Vooch. Send it. <laughs> Nobody's gonna do that, dog. <laughs> but you, we use this man get another big, get a bigger center that can do what PJ Tucker do. Vooch is that man. But they ain't gonna. Westbrook value is better than that. Whoa! Whoa! Is right. <laughs> Whoa, is it Westbrook's value that's better higher than Vooch's? Did you see what Vooch yes. yes, yes, Because like you said. No. <laughs> like you said, big men are just becoming, like, the value to, for a big man just isn't there anymore. But it's different because when you send a Vooch over to Houston, he's not getting the offense ran through him. But get this, it's going to slow down the offense. It gives you, now it gives you somebody that's not going to turn the ball over in a half-court situation. I think they're fine with, I mean, obviously they're not fine with turnovers, but we'll see. Hey, they want to win games, they'll call Orlando. They're not going to call Orlando. (laughs) I don't want Russ anyways, oh, sorry, asshole. (laughs) Oh man! All, all right, that that's pretty much all the NBA teams and situations that's going on right now, right? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, we got those four games. So you know what time it is then? My favorite time of the show, the free plays. All right. Um, I'll let you start. All right. Well, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to go to the baseball side of things. And I like, for tomorrow, the White Sox money line over the Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, the White Sox have um, Cease on the mound, 5-2 and two record, giving up three runs. That's his ERA. And then Pittsburgh is just one of the worst teams in the MLB right now. Offense, they they can't. Their batting sucks. Their pitching sucks. They have Musgrove on the on the mound, who is 0-4, giving up almost seven as his ERA. I'm gonna go ahead and take the White Sox money line at minus 142. So it's still pretty good value out of that pick. All right. Well, I'm gonna stick to my NBA. Um, I'm actually not gonna pick. An underdog. I'm gonna pick a favorite this time, and uh, I'm gonna say uh, I don't know what the spread is, but I'll just make my own spread on the game. But I would say um, Miami over Bucks at minus five and a half. I don't know what the spread is. It may be higher than that. If it is, go with the spread. Well, I think. I'm looking. I'm pulling it up now. Tomorrow the Heat are two and minus, a half. Tomorrow the Heat are minus two and a half right now. Yes. So I would say probably minus five and a half, six and a half. 
What do you mean? So you you think they're gonna cover the three points? Yes, easily. Oh, so you say Miami cover? Yes, I think Miami is gonna win. Honestly, I think they're gonna win by double digits. Not bad pick. I would think so too, especially if Giannis don't play. But also at the same time, if Giannis don't play, that number's gonna steamroll through the roof. So it might end up being Miami minus seven real quick. Yeah, that's true. But it don't matter if you think they're gonna win by double digits because it's not gonna steamroll that high. So there you have it, people. It's free play. Miami to cover the spread. As long as it's in double digits, he got Miami. And I have White Sox over Pittsburgh Pirates. Well, I'll definitely keep you guys updated and let you guys know what the scores are at the end of the night tomorrow night, which I'll probably drop this tomorrow night. So, With that being said, that'll yeah. wrap up the show. Wait, should we, should we uh, tell them what's going to happen next episode? I doubt we'll, we'll, we'll let them wait. We gotta let them wait. We gotta uh, give them a little. Give them a little. What it's gonna be about? No, they gotta. <laughs> hey, they gonna tune in tomorrow. They gonna tune in regardless. We done gave them these free plays. They gonna tune in to this one and they can wait on the next one. I'm dang. Hey, you just dangled that in their face for no reason. You should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but that'll wrap up. Tonight's episode, another job well done, Mr. $18,000 kid. I love it. We're starting to disagree a lot more as times go along. Yeah, I ain't copying my ideas. Because they're bad ideas. Oh, oh, you know what? Before we wrap this up, real, really fast, really quick, I'm going to give you one chance to change your mind on this Giannis Steph debate. <laughs> <laughs> not gonna do it. One more chance. Not gonna do it. And that's why we're gonna end this show right here and there before I have to leave you. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm gonna let you live and die with a player that can't even get you 25 points when in a playoff game. I'm gonna go ahead and let you live with that. You look like the Bucks and get upset and almost swept. While yep. I'm in the championship. But, like I said, that'll wrap up today's show, guys. Always remember, like, subscribe, comment. We're on all social media platforms. We're also on your favorite podcasting platforms. Um, we're probably planning on new visual here pretty soon. The NBA draft is also coming up. Maybe we'll have an event for that one as well. So, again, like, subscribe, and follow on all social media platforms. And, again, we're on your favorite podcasting platform as well. $18,000 kid, thank you for joining again as always. Oh, God. Uh, I'm not to do it. I'll see you guys next time.